Hello, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is our Biohacker live call-in show. I'm going to be taking call-ins in about 30 minutes here. Looking forward to chatting with at least one fellow from the UK, and hopefully we'll have a few more callers in. And I would encourage you, if you're listening to this either live or if you're listening to the podcast version of it, which I'm syndicating out there, you're going to want to subscribe to my channel if you haven't already and give this a share with somebody who is interested in, who, who maybe has some, some woo-woo curiosity, someone who's kind of into the the spiritual side of the biohacking things, because that's what we're going to be delving into in this show. And we're going to give some some fundamentals to that. We're going to give, uh, dare I say, a materialist explanation for some of the kind of woo-woo phenomena that people note, uh, particularly in some of the clinical experiments that are done. So I'm going to be sharing with you today my article, which is The Placebo Effect, Friend or Foe of Biohackers. And this is an article that I publish on infiniteageco.com, actually. So I will link to that below this if you want to, if you want to check that out, if you want to follow up with some of the uh, resources that I share in there. So the placebo effect, and I'm going to turn up my volume just a bit here. The placebo effect is a perplexingly persistent piece to the puzzle of health. You've probably heard of it plenty of times before and You've probably heard people say, oh, you know, all this biohacking stuff. It's just due to the placebo effect. And so we're going to delve into what that really means. The gold standard of health science is double-blinded, placebo-controlled human clinical trials. If a health supplement or drug statistically and consistently outperforms placebos in studies, then it's likely worth trying to empower your mind and body or to overcome health challenges. But the placebo effect is more complicated and promising than that. This article will delve into some of the fascinating science done on the placebo effect itself and the implications for your biohacking efforts. First of all, the placebo effect is nothing to disregard. It's not a silly woo-woo thing. It's such a consistent factor in bioscience that every good human clinical trial accounts for it. When hundreds of thousands or even uh, millions of dollars are spent to conduct rigorous human clinical trials, scientists must carefully account to account for the placebo effect 
or else their results may be skewed and really rendered useless. And there's a fascinating book, which is called You Are the Placebo. It's by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and it documents a number of historical and contemporary cases of the placebo effect. And I did a really in-depth review of this. You'll want to check that out. I will link that in this article, but I can summarize it. I can summarize some of the uh, examples, some of the case studies, the science in it. First of all, a Baylor College of Medicine study of 180 patients suffering from osteoarthritis in their knees. Maybe you've had uh, elderly family members that had osteoarthritis in their knees, and you know that it's really uh, suffering to live with that. They gave, get this, two-thirds of them, they gave them sham surgery. They followed up with them in 24 months, so gave it quite a bit of time. And amazingly, the placebo surgery worked as well as the real surgery. Two other studies found that placebo heart surgery was actually more effective than real heart surgery. An elaborate Harvard study uh, that placed a group of men for a week in a setting precisely designed and decorated to feel like it was from 22 years earlier. They did a bunch of really cool things. They got a bunch of kind of historical artifacts. They placed radios in the rooms where these men were staying, actually in a, a monastery in New Hampshire, I believe. And they got the radio stations to play things that were happening 22 years ago. They got newspapers from 22 years ago. They really made it feel like 22 years ago. I, I'd love to experience something something like that, uh, you know, get in that metaphorical DeLorean and travel back in time. And in this Harvard study, fascinatingly, the men started behaving and feeling a lot younger and aging biomarkers and blood tests revealed they were actually getting younger as a result of the setting. And then the book also references some cases of people that, that quote unquote died of cancer that upon autopsy didn't actually have cancer, which really makes you think that you better get a good second opinion if you're ever diagnosed with cancer. And I'll be talking with a guy a bit more about that, I think, next week, just around this time I do this live show. Uh, I've been fairly consistent, actually, doing it every Sunday at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So the book uh, documents a bunch of other fantastic cases of people curing their own cancer or healing badly broken backs with a with specific healing uh, meditation protocols. So I wouldn't blame you for regarding this sort of thing as rank woo-woo, as saying, um, this sounds pretty silly, sounds pretty fantastic, it sounds unbelievable, but it works in clinical environments under the watchful eyes of scientists and doctors. In the book, You Are the Placebo, it, it describes how a lot of these, there are, of course, cases of 
placebo effect or healing power of belief that are happening, you know, in churches when people are getting bit by snakes or, you know, crazy things that happen when people go and visit uh, tribes that are isolated in the rainforest. Things like that are uh, uh, irreplicable. But the book referenced a bunch of cases of things happening in a clinical environment, in a scientific environment. And that's really meaningful, I think. If you don't believe in the placebo effect and you drink socially, you can do an experiment. You can make your drinking buddies cocktails with no actual alcohol in them. And you'll find, as researchers have in studies with college students, that your drinking buddies get drunk and even experience hangovers. As a result, I think back to my past when I had a bottle of Grey Goose. So me and my buddies uh, sprung for a bottle of Grey Goose, uh, really fancy vodka, once upon a time. And then we kept the bottle after we drank the stuff. And then we would go to house parties as young guys. And I think we, once we filled up the bottle of Grey Goose with, with water, and then we just gave Grey Goose out to people. And sure enough, they started acting, we gave a faux faux goose out to people. And sure enough, they started acting like they were drunk. A lot of people have done silly things like this. And the placebo effect is is really quite consistent. Most people understand simply that the placebo effect is the power of belief in action. You believe that a pill will heal you, will heal you, So it does, even though it's an inert, biologically inactive substance that shouldn't do anything. But few people will question why the placebo effect works. And many will just accept some sort of unfalsifiable metaphysical explanation. It's God rewarding our faith or us manifesting reality by tapping into some sort of hypothetical quantum consciousness that inexplicably changes real things in the real world. And you might be wondering, in fact, I think that you should wonder, is there a more grounded scientific explanation for the placebo effect? Yes, there is epigenetics. The placebo effect is a manifestation of epigenetic function. I'll explain. You can thank the capacity of our genome to dynamically turn on and off the right genes at the right times for the healing power of belief. Billions of years of evolution have imbued our genes with a fantastic capacity to heal our bodies. Your body has a vast number of stem cells with the potential to become uh, blood cells, brain cells, or immune cells. Belief and faith release neuropeptides from the brain, which instruct stem cells, uh, which instruct the genes via stem cells, 
what they should be, uh, which instruct these stem cells, what they should transform into and what they should do in the body. So, of course, at this point, we have to ask, well, you know, that's that's exciting, isn't it? What does this mean for biohackers? Biohackers are accustomed to hearing this sentiment from their skeptical friends and family. They'll say something like, all of these uh, supplements and quote unquote wonder drugs you're into are snake oil. They only work because of the placebo effect. I've heard that quite a few times. And to this, the pragmatic biohacker should respond, maybe, but I don't care. I only care that it works. I'd happily spend my money on a quote unquote placebo product if it has the desired effect, especially if it's a fantastic effect that saves me pain and suffering like the sham knee surgery did for did for people. If it actually makes me happier, then it's worth it, right? If it gets the job done, then it doesn't, as a pragmatist, it doesn't matter all that much. And then you should point out the placebo-controlled studies done showing a given supplement or biohack outperforms a placebo. Because in the majority of the cases, when we're talking about these these highly credible nootropics, anti-aging things, the kind of stuff that I recommend on LimitlessMindset.com, these things outperform placebos. However, if you delve a little further into these studies, you'll often find that the supplement barely outperforms a placebo. Often the placebo is like half or 80% as effective as the supplement. What this reveals is that when you take a special supplement, uh, almost any supplement, the the effect is probably in between about 50 to 50% to 100% of the effect that you're enjoying is due to the power of belief. Largely, when or to some extent at least, when you buy health supplements or the newest uh, cool uh, biohacking device like the uh, HeartMath inner balance sensor that I was just using for meditation before I did this call, you're largely investing in the power of belief. So now you might be thinking, well, great. So I don't actually have to spend all this time and money on supplements and superfoods and all the other cool biohacking things offered online. I'll just really believe and enjoy all the fantastic fruits of self-administered placebo effect. (laughs) You know, you're like, wow, well, thanks, Jonathan. You just saved me a ton of money there. Unfortunately, it doesn't work quite like that. Belief and rationality are entangled, especially if you're highly rational. And if you're listening to this sort of podcast, if you're into the whole biohacking thing, if you're the kind of person that reads books on your health, you're probably a higher rationality type of person. You're probably uh, a bit more of a, a a bit more of a deep 
thinker. You're probably a person that requires higher level of evidence that exercises more critical thinking. And so you need, you need evidence to empower belief. I'll say that again. You need evidence to empower belief. What often persuades you to try a health supplement is you hear from a friend, family member, or internet personality that a supplement has a fantastic life-changing effect. You'll go research it, look up studies to understand its mechanism, and convinced by the science, you'll try it. So my conclusion here is that the placebo effect is, in fact, the biohacker's best friend. This is why if you're a highly rational type, you'll get a bigger biological bang for your buck if you devote some time to researching and really understanding the health supplements that you take. Let me repeat that. You'll get a bigger biological bang for your buck if you devote some time to researching and really understanding the health supplements that you take. Spending a few hours reading up on and learning about a supplement before taking it will empower the placebo effect to make it all the more effective. But the placebo effect doesn't always work. There's plenty of people who still die of cancer, even though they pray endlessly and really believe that they'll recover from the cancer. And we can ask, of course, why is this? Well, the placebo effect, again, like I said, is a manifestation of epigenetic function. And our epigenetics doesn't work perfectly, uh, which manifests, of course, as chronic disease, cognitive decline, mental illness, and ultimately aging and death. The sirtuins switching our genes on and off fundamentally rely on the NAD plus molecule. If you're into health, uh, anti-aging science, you'll have heard of the NAD plus molecule. The world's top longevity scientists like Harvard's David Sinclair recognize NAD plus as a game-changing anti-aging molecule. It unleashes the body's fantastic capacity to fix itself, which makes it a powerful, full-spectrum, nootropic, and transformative medicine for addressing things like obesity, diabetes, and cognitive decline. The problem is you can't supplement NAD plus directly unless you want to inject it intravenously, which costs about $600. So meet NMN. That stands for nicotinamide mononucleotide. And NMN is a supplement that's come onto my radar, which I think is really exciting. It is the epigenetic vitamin for smarter genes. I call it a vitamin because it's a derivative of vitamin B3, the vitamin that comes from space. Yes, really. Check out my podcast on vitamin B3. And vitamin B3 feeds you the NAD plus molecule that your genome needs to 
epigenetically turn on or off the right genes at the right time. And what makes NMN stand out is that it is one step removed from NAD+, which it converts directly into. It's outside of getting an injection, which is going to entail a very expensive visit to a special clinic. It's going to entail a, a prick. It's it's It looks like a lot of work to get an NAD injection. So I think that NMN is a really great option. It's also a mitochondrial support supplement that empowers the powerhouse of the cell, the mitochondria. And it's a nootropic according to a NMN biohacker survey that I that I put together on longevity. According to this, the majority of the users reported nootropic effects from it, things like enhanced cognition, motivation, and wakefulness, along with improved long-term memory. So to summarize, NMN means more NAD+, which means optimized epigenetic function, which means smarter smarter genes, which means you can expect the placebo effect to multiply the benefits of everything else that you take or do to empower your health. And I think that's a pretty exciting thing. I was researching NMN. I was delving into all the studies that are done on it. And I was combing through all of the anecdotal evidence on NMN that I could find while I was reading Joe Dispenza's book. And I was looking at that and I was like, oh my gosh. So the placebo effect, it's always been something that kind of mystified me. I always wondered why, why, why do we have this uh, capacity? I'm, I'm not a, a materialist atheist kind of person that believes that we live in a uninteresting world or an uninteresting universe where there's, you know, nothing going on below the surface that might not be uh, measurable with uh, current scientific tools and fit into the theoretical framework that uh, materialist science has about the about the world. But as I was reading this book, I was looking at, oh, okay, so epigenetic function, that makes a whole lot of sense as a as a underlying mechanism, as an underlying way that the placebo effect manifests. Because the placebo effect, it is so consistent in clinical trials. If you spend much time on PubMed, you see it over and over again. You see uh, placebo controlled. You see, well, it did outperform a placebo or just barely outperformed the placebo or the placebo turned out to be more effective than some drug or some intervention that was being studied. And it's a really remarkable thing. I think that the placebo effect can be yielded for our own benefit. So that was my thoughts on uh, whether it's our friend or foe. And in that article, I do link to what I think is the best source of NMN, which is Infinite Age. And this is a company based in the USA that I do have an affiliation with, full disclosure. But what I really like about them is that they do American testing 
of their of their products. The NMN it passes a a spectroscopy process where they have a laboratory. Importantly, it's a laboratory in the United States that does a spectroscopy of it that verifies that it is the real thing, which is really important when you're looking at any of these supplements. Unfortunately, you need to have a level of skepticism and you need to require that they produce a COA certificate of analysis that verifies the purity of it. And so that's why I unashamedly recommend this particular source of NMN if you do want to empower the placebo effect. If you uh, can't afford NMN or you don't have access to it for whatever reason, because it is kind of expensive, then you'd want to look at the book that I mentioned, which was You Are the Placebo by Joe Dispenza. And he has a, a pretty cool meditation protocol in there that covers it. So at this point, I can take some calls here on the CastBox app. I believe I've got about 30 minutes, maybe a bit more than 30 minutes that I can chat with people. And it looks like we have Owen, who I have a call scheduled with. You have showed up right on time. Very punctual of you, sir. So Owen, if you would like to, you'll see a call function on your app. You should be able to call into me and just speak to me on your cell phone. Hello? Hey, Hi. Owen? Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, that worked. <laughs> mm, I can't hear you. Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. Um, let's try let's try this. I'm going to try to change a setting to see if I am uh nope, nope, nope. I don't want to reload this. Bear with me for just a minute while I Hey Owen, can Hello? you hear me? Would you just type Y in the comments there if you can hear me? Unfortunately, I can't hear you. Okay, great. You can hear me. You hear me now. But it's not going both ways. Unfortunate. Unfortunately. So I'm going to use my cell phone to talk to you. Hello. And hey, Owen, I think I might be able to hear you now. Is that clear? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you now. How's your day going? Good, thanks. How are you? Oh, I am. I'm a little bit sore in the shoulders because I have a I have a, a home improvement project that I took on of, uh, of of clearing out this this attic full of a bunch of old things, uh, so I can make it kind of my my den where I'm going to uh, store my my prepping supplies for the end of the world. 
I like that. I've always been a bit of a prepper myself, so that sounds oh, really? exciting. Yeah. Oh, really? Where, where are you in the world? Um, I'm in Wales, in the UK. So from quite a ah. Way. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we get uh, quite a few callers from the UK. So, just a second. Let me pull up the email that I had from you because you did a nice job of concisely describing the things you picked up. Okay, so you got a number of things from IntelliMeds. Yeah. And have they arrived yet? Uh, yeah, they arrived about a week ago. I've been using them quite consistently now most of this week. Okay. Great. What What's your findings with them so far? Um, Anoracetam, I find, because I used that before, before as well, because I had a couple of orders. And I found that it works really well for um, word recall, but it has a really short mm-hmm. effect period for me. So within about an hour and a half, two hours, I sort of noticed the effect fading away and then pramoracetam i really enjoyed this seems to help me not so much with um like long-term potentiation but longer recall so recalling things taking them out of my mind from like further back in the past if that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's something oh yeah that's something common with with piracetam and primaracetam is molecularly real similar to piracetam is that that effect it has of unlocking of unlocking your your long-term memory in fact i think it's it's probably one of the very best drugs for doing that yeah i still haven't tried piracetam because it seems to be quite difficult to get in the UK. so i've tried oxyracetam and racetam Yeah, I, someone asked me about this the other day, and I identified, I did find a powdered source of paracetam in Europe, but they did not, they had one of these shady Chinese COAs, one of these Chinese certificates of testing. And I am skeptical of that. So unfortunately, I don't have a powdered paracetam source here in Europe that I could recommend as confidently as like, uh, as like nootropics depot in the USA. Yeah. I've been looking to put an order in from them, but the delivery takes really long. So I've sort of been waiting until I can put a big order in and be patient for it to arrive. Yeah, it, it might be worth it because paracetam is so it's so affordable in powdered form that you could probably get like a you could probably get like a six month or like a year's supply of it. It because the paracetam is kind of funny. There's a real dosage, there's a real there's a real wide dosage that people take of it. Some people will take like a gram a day. And that'll be great for them. Personally, that's that's how it is for me. A gram a day of paracetam is very stimulating. But some people will do like eight, eight grams of that stuff. And that's what they really need to be stimulated. Do you do you have any idea what your 
what your tolerance is like to these things? With oxyracetam, I seem to do really well with about two grams, which is a really high dose. So I'm guessing I seem to be on the higher end of the dose most of the compounds. And the same with like um, modafinil and caffeine. I seem to do better with the higher doses of and then adding in some L-theanine just in case I get a bit jittery or a bit overstimulated. Yeah, that's a good good call because some people some people just need more of these things to have that that high level of stimulation. And you you tried Nupept as well? No, I haven't tried it yet. I think from the email, I've made an order with X Nootropics, but I'm not sure how reliable they are because we're in the order and they said that they would dispatch the same day and it's about two weeks later and I haven't had any like correspondence of them at all. So I'm hope oh I knew that, but it depends whether that arrives or not. Oh bummer. Is X Nootropics here in Europe? Uh yeah, I think they were based in Spain, they said on their website. But I Okay. I don't remember if they had any certificate analysis or not, or if I decided to just sort of take a shot in the dark and see if they were reliable or not. Yeah. You know, if you bought from them, then they definitely owe you products. So I would encourage you to follow up with them. And you might also want to mention to them, say, you know, hey, please get these, you know, send the products back out to me if the order's possibly gotten lost. And then when I receive the products, I'll be sure to write you a review on trustpilot.com because these companies are, they're really concerned about their reputations online. And uh, trustpilot.com is really commonly used place where people go and look up the objective feedback that customers are providing about services and vendors of things. Yeah, I use, I use trust. They, that's why I wasn't sure if they'd be reliable or not, because they're like a three and a half star review. So I thought I'll take a shot and see. But that's a good idea to sort of reach back up to them and say I'll leave a review. Yeah, they don't, um, you know what, their average review is not that bad. So they're probably not scammers. I would guess that the package was maybe just lost or maybe you need to wait another week yeah, sort of trying to be patient. But, you know. Sure. Yeah, because uh, some people find Nupept to be to be great. It it, it kind of depends. Some people are pretty underwhelmed by Nupept, but some people find that it really is stimulating for them, and it can be uh, Nupept can be kind of good as an add on to some of the other. Racetams. I think that you might find combining Nupept and Premiracetam, for example, or Nupept and Oxyracetam. You might find that those are a good combination. Yeah, I, I ordered the Oxyracetam with it as well, because I thought that would be a good combination, because Oxyracetam seems to help a bit with the long-term memory, and Nupept seems to work well with like working memory. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, Nupept is the, Nupept does stimulate uh, BDNF. So yeah. there, and, and BDNF is involved with uh, neuroplasticity, synaptogenesis. So you would expect for Nupept to have uh, positive uh, reverberations on the capacity to do like more high leverage learning and absorption of things. But I, uh, you know, I talk with a lot of biohackers like you and what I hear really consistently is that uh, paracetam and the paracetam derivatives are really amazing for long-term memory. So in the, in the future, you may want to look into getting a shipment from the, from the States of quality powdered paracetam. And if, if I ever find a really credible source here in Europe, I will certainly, I'll certainly let you know. Thank you. That'd be really helpful. It seems a bit um, more monitored in Europe, especially in the UK. I know there was like a psychoactive substances ban. So I think it's, it's getting quite difficult to get like those quality sources. I think putting an order in from America or the United States would be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. You said here in your email that your priorities are achieving a hyperproductive flow-like state more often, being able to absorb information and improving uh, confidence and self-doubt. Let's address the first one. What have you tried as far as flow state to habituate that? Um, I mean, a lot of like meditation of get into those alpha brain waves, get out of my head a bit. And um, apps like the Brain FM to sort of play those right sounds to help with brain waves. And then um, I think that's sort of the main things I've really tried there. And oh, Modafino was mm-hmm. also tried to help like zone in and focus, but I find that can go the wrong way sometimes and make me unfocused. Yeah, modafinil is kind of unreliable in its effect. I find it just keeps me awake. It doesn't really help with focus so much. Did, did you ever try nicotine? Yeah, I'm actually um, chewing nicotine gum right now. I've, I find I seem to be really sensitive to it. I can, like, one milligram is a perfect dose for me. And if I have even like one and a half milligrams or two, I literally get dizzy and feel like I'm going to pass out. Aha. So we found something that you're, you know, that you're, that you're, uh, have a low tolerance to, which is, which is, which is, which is a good thing. But of course with nicotine, you want to be, yeah, you want to be careful and mindful about not using it all the time because it is habit forming certainly yeah especially chewing the gum because you get into the habit of like chewing and get a tight jaw and everything as well but i've i really like it from like having conversations like we are now it helps seems to help me with sort of being more verbally fluent and speaking more clearly 
Sure, sure. Can, can I make a couple of recommendations for you in that department? Yeah, definitely. I've got my laptop here, so I'll take a few notes. Okay. So you're going to want to try video blogging. Okay. Have you ever done this? Um, sort of very infrequently on Instagram, but um, not really consistently. It's something that is sort of in my list of goals to try, but I'm, I get very anxious and very bit scared about it. Yeah, so video blogging will make a difference in your verbal game, particularly when you're doing, you, you sit down and you talk to your webcam, or you can just use your camera on your smartphone, frankly, and you do not need to publish these video blogs. So you're, you don't need to necessarily produce something that is, you know, of good enough quality for the whole world to see, unless that's what you want to do. Video blogging is really helpful because it makes you, it builds confidence in your ability to speak extemporaneously. When you when you sit down to do some video blogging, you're just speaking to a camera, to a piece of technology. It's really not very stimulating. So I would urge you to pick, try to do this as a, as a daily thing. You know, it's the beginning of the year still. So we're all thinking about what are our personal development projects that we want to take on in the year. And I'd suggest to you to take about 10 minutes a day to sit down in front of a camera and then record a video blog speaking extemporaneously about any topic, any topic that you're passionate about, any topic that interests you, and just do a video blog of that. And then you want to watch those video blogs. And it's certainly going to be kind of uh, cringeworthy watching yourself. Yeah. You're at first going to be really not very good at video blogging as, as none of us are. Few of us are naturals in front of the camera. But if you, if you were to make a habit of this and do it for a month or two or maybe a little bit longer, over time, you're going to start to remove some of those little filler words. You're going to start to audit maybe some of your verbal tics and idiosyncrasies a bit more, and you'll end up becoming a, a lot more confident, powerful speaker. And if, if you want, you can publish the videos. You can put them on YouTube and, you know, then, then you'll have a YouTube channel. You'll start to have odd people around the world comment on your videos. But the, the important thing is just to do it for yourself. And you can also do video blog letters. You can think of people in your life that you want to say something to. And you can put together a 10-minute video blog for them. And then you can send it to them. Or maybe maybe you don't have to. Maybe you just have something you want to say to them, and then you know, then you then you can delete it or whatever. But the the key thing is just doing it with a bit of consistency, and you'll you'll improve in the verbal game. Yeah, I like that. I'll, um, I've just downloaded the Coach Me app, so I'll add that to one of my um, 
habits to keep up with and sort of I don't I probably won't publish them at first but I think just like you say doing them for myself and learning to get those words out a bit more coherently and make more sense. Fantastic. Along with that, you would want to try recording some of your conversations. So you get a an app on your phone, a, a recorder app. Do you have an Android or an iPhone? An iPhone. Okay. So iPhone, I forget what the best app is on iPhone, but there's a number of apps that you just press a little button on your screen, and then it restarts recording whatever is going on around you. So you're having a conversation with friend, family member, whoever, and you just nonchalantly slide your phone onto the table and then press the recording button. And then you record the conversation that you're having. And that evening, perhaps as you're going to bed, you listen back to yourself having a conversation and you'll notice Things. You'll notice all sorts of little areas of potential improvement in your verbal style. And doing these two things together with a little bit of consistency, listening to yourself, you'll, you'll improve your communication by uh, sometimes leaps and bounds. It can make a real difference. Yeah, I think that I think yeah. helpful, definitely, because I've noticed sometimes, like I've been going to meetup groups, and sometimes you sort of lose that uh, inhibition. And I talk really well, but then I sort of forget what I did and how I was talking. So I think it would be helpful in that way. And as well, like you said, um, identifying the places where I can improve, like saying like too much, which is one of my problems. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then a final kind of hack for improving certainly a male voice is you do meditation, right? Yeah. Okay. So when you're doing meditation, you're going through a breathing pattern typically, right? Yeah. Okay. So try this. When you are doing your exhalation in your breathing pattern, you're going to do a hum from down deep in your chest as you are exhaling. So it's like, you do a hum like that as you're exhaling. And over time that it changes your, your vocal cords and it changes your voice a little bit more. So you sound just a bit more like a villain in a movie. And it'll it'll hopefully elicit a uh, favorable response from the opposite sex. I've actually um, just started practicing that because there's a video on Elliot Hulse's channel where it's like um, deepen your voice or something, and there's three exercises. One of them is like sort of chanting and humming. So I've just started that every morning, and I did it this morning because I knew that we would be having this call. So I was sort of hoping to be a bit calmer and. And it's definitely um, had a bit of an effect on my voice already. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Keep that up and 
you, you probably won't end up sounding exactly like Elliot Hulse, but you know, a little, a little bit more like him. <laughs> That's uh, not a bad thing. Yeah, he's a very confident person. So that'd be quite an aspirational goal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you dabbled with like brain training? Um, yeah, but I haven't, I haven't stuck with it consistently. I've got the um back app and I play a lot of Sudoku and stuff like that. I haven't, other than the end back and Sudoku, I don't think I've done much else actually. Okay, what's Sudoku? I'm not familiar with that. Um, the game where there's like nine boxes and you go put the numbers in from one to nine, and it's like okay. I don't think that's massively known in brain training. Just kind of something I enjoy doing sometimes to. Yeah, maybe I'll try that. And what did you think of Duel and Back? Um, it's challenging and interesting. I definitely enjoy it. I think I got I started like struggling between two and three, and I've managed to get up to like four and five. I got up to six once. I think I don't know how, but oh whoa, that's pretty good. And I've tried um. I tried playing it on my whip breaks once with his like distractions around to try and um help with that memory in like sort of slightly stressful situation. Yeah, that that can be an added challenge. I would do my dual in back when I was at the gym while I was on the bike oh. at the gym. And they're blasting like super annoying hip hop music at the gym. And there's all sorts of activity going on. So it was certainly a, a higher distraction kind of environment. Have you ever tried, um, I know you take old showers. Have you ever tried playing it like in an ice bath or anything? I've never done the ice bath thing. I, I would... But I haven't I haven't found an ice bath here in Bulgaria where I live. Uh, yeah. It's something I've sort of thought about trying, like playing the end back in the ice bath to see how you can um cope with the cold and the memory portion at the same time. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds intense. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet. I still just focus on my breathing and not going insane and shivering to death so you have done ice baths uh yeah i just use my bath at home and sort of fill it with really cold water and then chuck a couple of trays of ice in and suffer in the mornings after a bit of skipping oh my gosh that's amazing is that, is it, I, I could try I, go on Sure. I've done cold showers. I, I did cold showers for quite a while. And now I'm thinking with your suggestion, I <laughs> my phone is supposedly waterproof. So I could go in there and play dual end back on my phone for about two minutes while I'm taking a cold shower. <laughs> that would be that would be maybe that would be maybe something to try, but I I don't know if I trust them when they say that the phone is waterproof. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't. I had um a waterproof case on my iPhone five, and went in a swimming pool with it and come out with a broken phone. 
so um, the same, quite wary about the idea of them being waterproof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. What are you doing with your meditation practice? Um, I started off with the Headspace app, so I'd done the basics, and I did their advanced course. I think it's the advanced one where there's just sort of working on dealing with the silence more, and I've done the focus one and the anxiety one. And lately I've started looking at um, different types of meditation. I think I did a guided one recently i can't remember what it was called actually is it like um more vinyasa that's yoga isn't it um starts with a v i'm not quite sure the pasna yeah that's the one i I don't know if i did that right i think that was an interesting experience sure so because you're into guided meditation i'd love to I'd love to get your feedback on Joe Dispenza's meditation tracks. Have you ever heard of Joe Dispenza? Yeah, the name does ring a bell. Um, let me just Google him quickly and see if I've done any of his tracks. Yeah, so I, I was talking about him a little bit earlier when I was sharing my article that I'd written about the placebo effect. And he created a he created a meditation protocol for harnessing the placebo effect, and it's it's pretty cool. I was I was doing it with some regularity, but I I didn't stay consistent with it because it's a really time consuming meditation protocol. You do it for fifty whole minutes. Uh, he he takes you through an audio track and he gives you a bunch of instructions where you uh, essentially, you know, become very uh, embodied. You go through feeling, you know, every, every nook and cranny of your body. And then you visualize the space that you're within. And then you visualize the whole universe. And then you kind of go through an ego death process And then he has you focus. Uh, There was this meditation track. I particularly liked it. And I can, I can send you a link for it where he takes you through a process of replacing a limiting belief with an empowering belief. And it's a pretty powerful it's a pretty powerful emotional experience as far as guided meditation tracks go. And so I recommend, I recommend that pretty highly. And I was, I was doing it for like 50 minutes. In fact, I did it for an entire week. Once I, I spent 50 minutes every single day for a week doing this meditation track. And then I, I use it sporadically, but it was a, uh, it was such a powerful experience this this mindset transformation exercise that takes 50 minutes that I think even doing it just once, I think you get something out of doing it, doing it just once. And it was a meditation track that he sells for, I think, six or seven bucks. So I'd, I'd recommend that pretty highly if you're uh, willing to take a chance on different meditation techniques. 
Yeah, is that the um, uh, the placebo one on his website? Yes. Do you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely be able to check that out because I've been trying to sort of increase my time with meditation to sort of for effect that has. I think that would be interesting. How much time daily are you doing it now? Um, about twenty to thirty minutes. Trying to get at the moment. Oh, I get consistently for about four or five days, and then my mind sort of goes, "I just want a day off." Sure, sure, yeah, that's pretty good. If you're doing, if you're doing as much as thirty minutes a day, that's that's respectable. I think is it the um, EM wave that you recommend? I think I need to try that as well for like uh, sort of checking I'm doing it right and that confidence that you are going in the right direction. I think that would be really helpful. Sure. I have mixed feelings about the M wave. You you haven't used them yet? No. Okay. So the M wave is pretty cool. It measures it measures heart rate variability and you you strive for a state of of more coherence with it. And the way that I use my M wave actually is in the, in the morning, I want to get kind of energized for the day. And so I'll sit down for about 10 minutes with my M wave. And I find that I get into the green zone on the M wave when I'm doing uh, real deep, profound breathing. And I found that I find that when I sustain that for about 10 minutes, I get that oxygen saturation in the bloodstream and I get like really energized. I get in a good mood. I'm really ready to take on the, take on the day. And the, and, and so it's, it's useful to me in that respect. I, I've, I've used the M wave for some time. And then I recently got the inner balance sensor too, that has the app that goes with it, which gives you a biofeedback, a biofeedback report of what your, what your coherence scores are. And it's, it's interesting information, you know, as, as geeky guys, we are ever seduced by the data. We're always like, oh yes, give me more data. I want to see more numbers and graphs and bar charts. Um, but to be frank, I, I don't know if that data has made my meditation sessions a whole lot more profound and beneficial. I'm going to continue using the inner balance sensor. And I I, I see the primary benefit in those devices in the sunk cost motivation that I get out of them that I'm like, well, I spent some money on these things, so I better actually use them. So it makes me a bit more disciplined about actually doing the meditation, which I think is the probably the biggest struggle for most people with meditation is just that consistency. So I, I'm glad that I, that I got both of those things and the, the M wave, like I said, it doing about 10 minutes of that breathing where I'm reaching the coherent state where I have that little light that turns on green, it does give me some pep in the mornings, but I'm, I'm not sure if the 
I'm not sure how much it's done to optimize my meditation experience. I think that might be something that just comes with time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a practice of patience and waiting, isn't it, for death? I've never found um, meditation energizing for me, though. I find it very calming and relaxing. So I prefer to do it in the evenings because I have tried in the morning, but I found it brings me to the state where I sort of just want to stay in that sort of um, calm state of like presence and now, and I find it difficult to do work then, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, the, the M-Wave might be helpful, helpful to you because it does the, you know, it gives you that near instantaneous biofeedback on, on how you're doing. And it does kind of encourage you to do more energetic breathing. So you end up, you end up more energized doing it. It's not quite the, there's a certain kind of meditation where you're going really deep within, where you're searching for, where you're imagining this emptiness within, where you have your ego death stage. And the, at least the M wave doesn't really, it, it doesn't really habituate that sort of thing. It more gets you into this, this energetic breathing mode so it, it might be it might be worth your while you you might want to pick up one of those things or maybe you can find somebody that has one and you can try it yeah i think i'd definitely be interested in it for that to sort of get the more um energizing effect from it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey daniel looks like we have my friend uh daniel listening in he's also there in the uk oh cool yeah it doesn't seem like there's sort of as many people in the UK. Or I guess America's a lot bigger, so it makes sense. But it seems a bit um, more in the dark in the UK, like all the biohacking and nootropic stuff. Yeah, the America is kind of the center of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wish. <laughs> my my wife says you you wish to you wish to that you, you know the UK is you guys have got a pretty good scene for it there uh, I would say probably about a third of my audience are folks in the UK and then uh, folks folks in America Canada Australia and then you know the occasional uh, the occasional German or Singaporean. Yeah. Yeah, it's mostly um US like spread out randomly around the world. Yeah, you might want to look there in Wales. I'd be willing to bet that if you went on on that if you searched around on Facebook that you could find a local biohacker community of people that were kind of into this sort of this sort of thing and they might be cool people to spend some time with. Yeah, I have to have a better look. I found a few in London, but that's like four or five hours away from me. Locally, there's, I haven't found much, but maybe I haven't looked hard enough. Sure, sure. Are, are you, are there any other nootropics that you're curious about trying that I can provide any clarification on? Um, any, but I'm quite, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I'm quite interested in 
using it for like um, job interviews, socializing, um, going on stuff like that. Yeah, Fenabute can be amazing for those sorts of settings. And did did you say that you have kind of a struggle with anxiety? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so so you're you're doing a lot of things right for for anxiety. You're you're doing the meditation. You're doing you're doing some of the Elliot Hulse kind of stuff. It sounds like so I. I anticipate that you'll be you'll be over your anxiety at at, at some point because you're doing the smart things. They just take some time. Now, Fenibute is kind of a shortcut to this. Fenibute is a pretty powerful gobergic. So it kind of works the same way that alcohol does. It kind of has a similar effect of making you kind of uh of making you, you know, real sociable and you kind of say whatever comes to mind. So it can be, it can be great for going to parties, going to meetups. If you're going to do a job interview on Fenibute, I would say just keep the, keep the dosage real reasonable on it. The, the issue with Fenibute is that because it is a gobergic, it kind of has the same, over time, if you're like using way too much of it, way too often, it has an effect similar to alcohol. You can get, you can get addicted to it. You will, you'll need it every day. And then you'll have a nasty withdrawal when you try to go off of it. So you just want to be real careful with how much you're using and the frequency of use. Yeah, less a popular opinion that I've heard. How found it compares to like a high dose of alphionine for anxiety? Yeah, I think I like it. I think I like it even more than alphionine because it is it is fun. Uh, it was I think maybe last summer I took a I was at the beach uh, here on the Black Sea with my wife and we did some fenibute and went to the beach and we're hanging out, getting sunburns and laughing and giggling at all sorts of things. It, it can be a really it can be a really nice nootropic and you don't get a you don't get a hangover from it. It doesn't make you really stupid the way that alcohol does. So you you might want to try it, but just try to keep the dose pretty reasonable. Uh, as uh, as as you can get addicted to it, you want to ideally keep the dose probably under about one point five grams. If you're going over that, then it can become problematic. Yeah, I, I've been a bit wary of it because I. Have a bit of a, an addictive personality, as I imagine most people do with nootropics. So I've sort of been a bit wary that I might enjoy the results too much and use it all the time. So definitely have to be um, cautious with it. I think when it does arrive. Yeah. Well, you seem pretty self-conscious. So if you find yourself using it impulsively, then just throw it away. But it might be really helpful to you. Yeah, I was thinking of using it, like, and then going out and doing some, like, really ballsy things that I wouldn't normally do and, like, approaching strangers and stuff to create a bit of um, positive reinforcement. Yeah, you could go and find, like, a group of 
of like uh, of like pickup artists there in Wales and go and do some day game together on Fenibute. Um, although you might you might not want to tell if you find like a wingman to go and do some day game with or go and do some crazy thing with, you might not want to like tell them that you're on drugs because that that'll just kind of seem pretty weird and you don't really want to tell strangers that you're on drugs. But I think something like that would be would be totally fun. And I think the Fenibute would be conducive to it. Oh, I got to mention to you before I go here, because I've got my dinner time coming up. My friend Daniel there in the UK said, I live in West Sussex. How far away from you? How far away from there are you? Uh, We can connect on WhatsApp or somewhere else and chit chat, maybe hang out. Maybe you guys can be friends. Maybe you guys want to want to click on each other's profiles and you can connect from there. Or I will just actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put both of you in the Limitless Mindset Secret Society, and then you can be in touch from there. And perhaps you two, you know, want to uh, form the core of a uh, biohacker community there in the UK. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I'd definitely be interested in um, maybe meeting up and talking about nootropics and everything. I think it'd be really nice to have like a group of people that are local to talk to about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, I I don't think I'm going to be going to the UK anytime soon. <laughs> I'm pretty happy where I am here in Bulgaria. So you'll just need to join minds.com and then I'll add you to that uh, that private group because I think minds.com is in my opinion like the only social network that has like real privacy standards so that's what I use for the secret society okay yeah I'll sign up to that and join the group that'd be really cool Okay. Cool. Well, that sounds good. I think that covers everything I wanted to chit chat with you. And that covers the placebo article that I wanted to share with the whole world. So I hope that everybody else listening in subscribe to my channel. If you have not already, and if you want to chat with me in the future, you can do so perhaps next Sunday at the same time, but I'm going to go and eat dinner now. Thank you. Really appreciate it, Jonathan. Okay, great. Have a good week there. Look forward to a continued conversation with you. Thanks. Cheers. Okay, cheers. Bye. Bye.